Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Tere Tells All. I cannot believe we are on the second end or second end, second half of June. I feel like my summer is just flying by. I have to report back to work on July 24th, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's going by too fast. Um, I just came back from Miami. I had a nice little weekend getaway with my friend Andrea, who you might remember from episode three. So we decided to just get, you know, get a little girls weekend. We laid out by the beach. We had, um, I had a couple of drinks. She doesn't really drink. I had a couple of drinks. We had some delicious food and we just took some time to just, you know, be in the moment. And it was really nice. We didn't have to be mom. We didn't have to be business owners. We didn't have to, you know, worry about all of these other things that are constantly on our minds. And while we do love those things that we do, I think it's also important that you take time for yourself. And so that's exactly what we did. And we enjoyed, you know, the nice little getaway. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw, you know, how the end of the trip was. We ended up being delayed at the airport. So we flew into Fort Lauderdale and then obviously we flew out of Fort Lauderdale. So uh, we were on our way to the airport and then we got a text that says that the flight was delayed for like an hour and a half. So we're like, all right, well, let's just, you know, go hang out by the beach because what are we going to do? Sit at the airport for four or five hours? So we went, hung out the beach a little bit. Then we're like, all right, it's time to go to the airport. And as we are getting there, we get another text message saying that our flight was delayed again. But at that point, we were already at the airport. So we're like, all right, well, we're just going to wait it out. We ended up waiting it out, I want to say close to six hours because our flight was supposed to leave at 5 p.m. And it didn't leave until almost 11 p.m. But we made the most of it. You know, we got some snacks and then I just got on Instagram and I did a Q&A with you guys. So that just helped the, the time pass by and, and it gave me a chance to, you know, just kind of like connect with you guys. Um, so it was nice. But anyway, I'm back home and I'm ready to, you know, pick up exactly where I left off. Today's guest um, is a total, total sweetheart. I've been following her on Instagram for quite a while and uh, she's a fellow teacher She's not only she a fellow teacher, but she's also a fellow teacher who went through a weight loss journey. And um, I wanted her to come on because we have that in common, but because I know there are other teachers who are going through the same thing or have gone through the same thing. So um, I think it I figured it would be great to get the perspective from another teacher going through or who has gone through a weight loss journey, Um, you know, because we can always learn from each other. Next week's episode is going to be a solo episode, so I will not have um, a guest or an interview next week. It'll just be me. Um, You know, I'm going to do my normal word vomit on a topic that I've been wanting to talk about, so I'll definitely hit on that. But for today, you know, let's get into it. All right, guys, today on the podcast, I have an amazing woman. She has lost over 110 pounds. She's a teacher and an artist. Her name is Paige, but you probably better know her as Just Dream Paige. Welcome to the show, girl. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to have you. You are my first fellow teacher to have on the podcast. Yay. Yeah. Um, So before we continue on with the conversation, I always like everyone to just kind of introduce themselves. Tell me who you are, what's your passion, all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Okay, so my name is Paige Gondara Valderas. Um, I'm living in San Antonio, Texas. I was born and raised here, um, and I see a promising future here, so I probably will end up staying here in San Antonio. Um, this is my fourth year as a teacher. 
Um, I'm also an artist. I've been an artist my entire life. Um, but I'm a, I'm a caricature artist specifically, and I've been a caricature artist for about nine years. So I do a lot of traveling. I draw a lot of people. Um, and on top of all that, uh, I do place a heavy focus on my health and fitness. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about myself. That's so cool. So you said you're a fourth year teacher? Yes, this is my fourth year teaching. So do you have students who like got to see your transformation over the years? Or do you work mostly with like older students who leave pretty soon after? Actually, the, this, the current seniors right now, um, when I entered into teaching, they saw me at my heaviest. So uh, I started with them when they were freshmen and now they're seniors and they have literally gotten to see like the entire process. So some of them are actually like my number one supporters and fans. Oh, and I love that. Yeah, see, I started too when I was teaching, but I taught fourth grade and that was the last elementary grade. So after they had me, you know, they would go off to the intermediate. So they, my kids never really got to see me like the before and after. They, they just knew me as I was whenever I had them. That's cool. It's funny. Um, there, one of the summers, I think it was from my first year teaching into my second year teaching, I made a lot more progress during that summer. And I remember coming back and having some, because I teach art, I teach high school art. Um, so I get to have some of them for multiple years. Um, I had a few of them comment like, where's my teacher? Who are you? You're mistaken. <laughs> they didn't know who I was. So it's kind of funny. Do they follow you on Instagram? Um, some of my former students do. Um, cause what ends up happening is they follow my art Instagram yeah. and then sometimes I post about my weight loss stuff on there and then they find my fitness Instagram. So they <laughs> And there was this one time, actually this, this year where one of them, like I was on a live and then I saw a, like a person type, Hey, Miss Paige, oh my gosh, you're doing a live. This is so cool. And I was like, dude, this sounds like a student. And, uh, <laughs> and sure enough, she was a student. I was like, how did you find me? She's like, I just saw you on a, on my explore page and I clicked on it and here you are. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Yeah. Like, that's so funny. Um, when I started, I had two separate accounts. I had a teacher account where I would like, I, I would tell them the account. I was like, this is the handle. It was, I remember it was pink hair teacher. Cause I had pink hair at the time uh -huh. and I would always post their work. I would post about them. I would post about the school that way. If they wanted to follow me, that was the first one that they always found. And then like my real one was kind of a little bit more obscure and it was kind of harder to find. Right. Um, and then I kept that one private for a long time. And that's why, you know, a lot of people didn't really get to see my journey from beginning to end because it, my Instagram account was private. I didn't make it public until I left the classroom. And then that's when my Instagram kind of like grew. But yeah, I, I was always, it, I wasn't so scared of having the kids finding my Instagram. It was more of the kids' parents finding my Instagram, you know? Right. And I even get that way too. Like even to this day, I'm like, oh, should I post that? <laughs> my, my justification is, it is like, if something is wrong, I feel good enough about what content I share to be able to say like, Hey, I'm doing this for me to document my journey. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of weird being a teacher in that sense and having a Instagram like we have. Yeah, no, yeah. And then I thought about it, like, well, as long as it's not like offensive, not, and it's not vulgar, then at the end of the day, yeah, we're teachers, but we're also human. And we also have our own personal lives outside of the school walls. And for a long time, I like lived and breathed and slept and ate teaching. Um, it took me a while to kind of like, I guess, compartmentalize like the teacher part of me and then like the human Teresa part of me. Um, but it sounds like you've got it all figured out, girl. <laughs> Well, it took me a while too. This is my fourth year teaching and I'm barely starting to kind of see that transition of like work-life balance. So mm -hmm. I, I say trying to figure out how to live your life as a teacher, but also not forgetting to live your life as an actual human being who does things. Um, I have a little sister, she's nine. And I remember she said, uh, she's like, Paige, why are you here? Why are you home? I was like, uh, it, it's it's like seven o'clock it's eight o'clock she's like 
you're supposed to live at work. And I'm like, (laughs) so even like young ones, they know that teachers are just always working. So I guess we got to find that balance, right? Yeah, no, it is hard. I remember, you know, when I was still in the classroom, I'd stay after school, you know, to make copies or catch up on whatever I didn't get to during the school day. Cause you know, your conference period is only so many minutes. You can't possibly do everything during your conference time. Um, So I'd stay after school And then even then I'd still take stuff home to grade. And I taught uh, reading and language arts. So compositions were the worst to grade because you have to sit there and read every single composition. And sometimes they're, you know, multiple pages long and you have to grade with the rubric. And it just, it took so much out of me. I had to learn how to prioritize and reorganize my time so that I could have that work-life balance. And I don't think that just applies to teachers. I think that applies to a lot of people finding that work-life balance. I agree. I agree. Um, Okay. So I mentioned that you have lost 110 pounds or so. Tell us how that happened. Like what's your why? What, what sparked that weight loss journey? Right. So I have been big my entire life. I remember the first time I stepped on the scale, which was, I think I was in fifth grade. Um, I stepped on the scale. It was, you know, in a gym class with all my peers. Um, everyone's read the 100s, right? Like 140, 150 or less than that. Um, and I was like the only one who was over 200. It read 203. And I, that was the first time I saw a number on the scale and could process like, wow, I'm bigger than these kids. I mean, it's visually obvious, but I saw it for the first time others saw it for the first time. And that's just how I lived most of my life. And then progressively over time, it just, I got bigger and bigger. And when I was 16, I I worked at McDonald's um, for a couple of years. Uh, I would sneak some of the hamburgers and the nuggets like outside of my break time, lunchtime and eat, Uh, got bigger in college too. Uh, It was like a buffet style type of uh, situation where I just really had no control over what I was eating. So by the time I graduated college and walked into the classroom as a teacher with my career, I was 303 pounds. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was a little bit more than that, but I was just always too scared to step on the scale. Um, and then I, I remember going on a trip, you know, I, I got my first paycheck and I was like, Whoa, I'm making some good money now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me go on a trip that trip really sparked a lot of like my why. Um, I could barely fit on the plane. I couldn't keep up with my brother. Uh, My dad was in the hospital at the time, um, fighting complications with diabetes. And I remember when I got home, he, he had a heart to heart talk with me saying, Paige, I don't want you to end up like me because I was already pre-diabetic. I I was pre-diabetic since I was uh, in middle school. Mm-hmm. So that was my why. And then I finally decided I, I really need to change something about all of this. Like I, I can't continue to keep getting bigger and being okay with it. Yeah. You said that your dad talked to you and he said it was because he wanted, you know, to make sure that you were okay. Um, but how did, what was your initial reaction when he had that conversation with you? Well, he said, Paige, I don't want you to end up like me because he was in the hospital for like four months. Um, And it was because he like he had some complications with his foot Um, and like that conversation. I mean, I understood what he was saying. He was in the hospital. I was pre-diabetic. Diabetes runs in my family. So basically uh, the conversation, it kind of hurt. but I knew I was in his best interest. Uh, so, I mean, I think it was a, ne- a necessary conversation to have. Um, but yeah, that's that's how that conversation went. Yeah, I think it's tough to approach family members when you're concerned about their health, especially if it's about their weight, because you don't know how they're going to perceive it. I know that my dad tried to talk to me about it several times, too. And I would always get very defensive and I would get really mad. And then we'd end up not like getting in a fight, but I'd, I'd be so like, I guess, upset and angry, more angry at myself than him. Usually that then I would just like avoid my dad for like a few days because I was so like mad. Um, And I know that a lot of people feel that way too. And I was just wondering if it was something that you experienced also. 
Um, I don't know if there's a right way to approach a family member when it comes to that. Cause my dad tried to approach it in like a tough love way, but then he also tried to like talk to me like as a concerned parent and no matter how he approached it, I still always got defensive and angry. Right. Yeah. My there, I did have a conversation with my little sister. Um, we have a huge age gap. I'm 26 and she's nine. Um, and at the time she was five years old and I remember I was, it, it was right around the same time um, that I had just gotten back from the trip. I was carelessly eating a, bo- a whole box of Oreos <laughs> and um, I sat next to her and I offered her one and she said, no, because I don't want to be fat like you. Oh, that oh, hurt so yeah. bad. I mean, she was five child's innocence, right? Like, mm-hmm. like innocent honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was something that really hurt me because I was like, ouch, even she understands my problem. So even without her acknowledging and telling me like, Hey, you need to do something or, Hey, there's something wrong. Uh, even just that little comment, like really, really got to me. No, the same thing happened to me, except it was my son. Like it was my first year of teaching and he wanted to go outside and play. And I'm like, no, like I'm too tired. I just want to sit on the couch. And he's like, oh, mom, why are you so lazy? And he was little too. Like he, like you said, that child innocence, that child honesty, like they don't realize that they're going to hurt your feelings. They're just frustrated or they just, you know, speaking their mind. Um, But yeah, it it hit, it definitely hit my heart. (laughs) Yeah. It's that, that's a, both of those stories with, with the kids. I mean, they know it they they're honest and they are they are and we can't blame them for being honest yeah um so how did you lose the weight right so I decided I need to change I didn't know where to start uh one of my biggest uh influences was Jordan Shrinks she still is to this day I love Jordan um but I remember I was following her on my art Instagram and I just like really connected with her story and she was like the same start weight as me. We were both very tall. Uh, She was like this emo kid like me. I just, I was like, and she's like doing the thing. And I remember she used to say that she had an Instagram specifically for her weight loss. Mm -hmm. So she inspired me to create my Instagram and just document everything, which was scary because at that time I was, uh, I never took pictures of myself or videos of myself. Um, I was very like self-conscious of everything about myself. So putting myself out there was a very difficult task. Um, so that was like one of the first things I did for my weight loss journey was make an Instagram. Um, and then the next thing was, I was like, okay, I need to trash everything. <laughs> like all the food I had, I had this real like my mindset then is very different than it is now, mm-hmm. but I got like this giant trash bag and I just trashed all the junk food both in my classroom as a teacher, because I had a little pantry, a big pantry with all the wrong food. (laughs) And then I had all the bad foods at home too. Um, At the time I was still living with my parents because I just graduated college. Um, And so that was a little bit challenging because I was living with my parents. I shared a fridge with seven other people because I'm the oldest of six. Um, And like they they weren't like health conscious with like their foods. Mm -hmm. So I had to buy my own refrigerator. So I bought like a little mini fridge to put in my room, uh, decided I was going to start learning about food. So Instagram helped with that. Um, got a gym membership, did the baseline of everything, which was just really walking and using the elliptical. Cause that's all my body was capable of doing at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I just stayed consistent. Um, and I learned through the process cause I didn't cook before I didn't work out. It, everything was just completely new to me, but it worked. I learned and I'm here. Yeah, no, it totally, obviously it worked. <laughs> um, but you mentioned, you know, like you got your trash bag and you started throwing food out. And I think that that's almost everybody's initial reaction. Like we see that on TV shows and like movies, you know, when people are like, I need to lose weight. And then they start throwing away all the junk food. And I wish that we would put more emphasis on like balance and portion control because um, you don't have to live off of chicken and rice 
your whole life, you know, like there are some people who naturally can sit here and eat a whole large pizza and they'll be fine every, you know, like their metabolism is the way it is. But some of us, like I'm for me, um, speaking for myself here, my metabolism isn't like that. My siblings can eat whatever and they're still all, you know, thin. Um, but I, I can't, but I still know how to balance my food so that I eat healthy and I eat, um, good. But if I want to have a treat, I don't feel guilty about it. Um, right. I think sometimes we dive off the deep end and we just want to restrict everything. How long did it take you to lose the majority of your weight? Um, it took me a year to lose a hundred pounds. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what you were saying, which was mm-hmm. the, the, like, like, let's go all restrictive. Right. Yeah. And, and so when I, when I started, I very much had that mentality because I didn't know anything. I didn't like diet culture, weight loss culture, kind of I, I, what, I, in my opinion, I think it, it speaks like, Hey, you need to restrict, uh, to just the general public, which I mean, I'm sure like us sharing our stories on Instagram is helpful for others to know, like, Hey, you don't need to be restrictive. Um, when I first started, um, with the restriction, I trashed everything. I was super strict about not having sweets. I was only eating chicken, broccoli and rice and salads and bananas. Now you won't see me touch those things. (laughs) Like I got, as I was learning through the process, I, I quickly found out like, Hey, I can still eat what I want in moderation, but it took time to develop that relationship. So I think part of the restriction was helpful to kind of understand my body and then slowly ease into a way of like understanding like, Hey, I can still eat this or, Hey, this actually triggers me. Maybe I shouldn't touch this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, on Instagram, I always say like, learn as you go. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, essentially if you're starting from scratch and you've lived your whole life a certain way, you're not going to know everything, but you like starting helps. Um, but yeah, it took me an entire year to lose the hundred pounds. Um, and then year two was like kind of learning to maintain that. And then year three, which was 2020, I got my tummy tuck and then now I'm in the strength training phase. So yeah. that's a little bit of the timeline. Yeah. We're, we're going to touch on the tummy tuck in a minute. Um, but you said, you know, you just have to start and you learn along the way. And there are so many resources out there. Like a lot of people, you know, reach out to me and they're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And I think a lot of us start off that way, like not knowing where to start or what to do. But there are so many resources. Like for me, um, I used Instagram and YouTube a lot when it came to cooking. Um, not so much for exercise because I did a lot of like group fitness things. So I always had a coach from the beginning. Um, right. But when it came to eating, um, you know, I would look at people's like full days of eating. I would look at people's recipes and I, I looked at low carb stuff, but I also looked at bodybuilding stuff. I also looked at keto stuff. I looked at vegan stuff. I wanted to learn a lot about food and nutrition and how to make food taste good. So it didn't taste like you're eating diet, uh, like a uh, cardboard food all the time. Right. Um so what are, what were some of the resources that you use? I know you've said Instagram, right? Did you use anything else? Um, it was mainly Instagram. Like, so my mom cooked, I did call her occasionally, but my mom's cooking is good, good, but it's not the healthy good. She like butters everything up, sugars, all, all the salts and sodiums and yeah. all the So I would call her and ask for her input from time to time, um, especially with white rice. I could never cook white rice, even to this day. (laughs) But um, so my mom was a resource and she was aware that I was on this journey. So she would be like, this is what I use, but you can use this instead. So for instance, like she, she uses a lot of butter and I like butter. So one of my things is like, I get this like zero calorie spray butter. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel guilty about how much butter I'm putting into my foods. Um, Instagram was definitely helpful. The, the, this Instagram, like I only follow like weight loss fitness accounts. And I think that was super helpful to like, stay focused on like, um, those food choices, um, and seeing what everyone was doing. Cause everyone I was following, like did something different. Um, 
And then YouTube. Yeah, YouTube definitely helps me to uh, just type something in. You get the gist of it down um, and then you make your creations. Oh, and one more thing was uh, HelloFresh. I don't know if you've heard of HelloFresh, mm -hmm. but like um, they send you meals and then they send you the step-by-step -step and all the ingredients. Yes. I used that during my first year and like, wow, that helps me. Yeah, the food was a little bit more expensive than I wanted it to be, but like it, like looking back and having that, those recipes and step-by-step -step, that really, really helped me. So those are a few things that I, that I used in my journey. I can see how that would have helped you with like, uh, seasonings and things like, um, like even just different cooking techniques, like boiling and grilling versus, I don't know, like, you know, smoking or whatever. Um, and even like different food combinations, like what kind of vegetable goes well with which kind of protein. I can kind of see how that would help. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did HelloFresh one year and I didn't do it for a whole year. I only, like, I just wanted to try it. And they had these caramelized carrots and I never made caramelized carrots in my life, but that recipe calls for it. And, you know, step-by-step -step instructions, it tells you how to make them. And ever since then, I love caramelized carrots. And I would have never tried to make that had it not been for HelloFresh. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like sometimes people could be like, oh, wait, like you're not, you're not cooking these yourself. You're not buying these ingredients yourself. Like this is written out for you. But I feel like, especially if you're first starting and you're trying to eat better, having things explicitly stated to you and explicitly shown to you, I think really, really helps. So um, I no longer use HelloFresh uh, because it's all up here now. Yeah, it's yeah. Cool, you know? Yeah, you totally retain that information. Okay, so let's talk about your tummy tuck. You said you, it took you about a year to lose and then a year to maintain, and then you decided to get your tummy tuck. Um, tell us all about that. <laughs> Right. So I, it was something I was always thinking about, right? Like I, I knew going in, I was going to have loose skin, but I had a lot of loose skin in my tummy. And not only that, uh, I was, I was always embarrassed to post my loose skin. Cause I know some people are very open about it, but I was embarrassed because my tummy looked really different than a lot of other people's tummies. I developed a rash underneath the apron of skin as I was going through my journey. Um, and it was not a gentle rash. It was like pretty obvious and actually painful. And, um, yeah, I just, I felt like getting a tummy tuck would help me all inclusively, which was, you know, getting the skin removed, but also not having to deal with that part of myself that I was very, very self-conscious of. Um, so I, it was something I was always thinking about. Um, and then 2020 rolls around and we get hit by COVID. I start going to school from home and working from home, doing basically everything from home. Um, and then as you know, time progressed, I think around this time in 2020, a year ago, that's when I was thinking like, well, you know what, I'm, I'm doing everything from home. The world has kind of paused. Maybe it might be time to start looking into it. So I went to my consultation in late March, early April. I can't really remember. Um, and then I went in with, with, with the intentions, intentions of setting the date for like December or like my Christmas break, but all the cards lined up. Like I was deemed a good candidate to already get it. I had the time I needed to be at home. Um, everything just felt like, here's your opportunity mm -hmm. Take the opportunity I was a little nervous because I I did feel like I had like maybe a few more pounds to lose but like I trusted my doctor he said I was a good candidate and I was like okay well I'm gonna you know work this last month try to get as much as I can toned down um and then I proceeded with the tummy tuck I got the extended tummy tuck so it's from like hip to hip mm -hmm. um, and that's all I got um and the recovery was actually pretty uh, smooth. Um, I wasn't in a whole lot of pain. I think the worst for me was my back pain because of how hunched I was. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's that's my experience for the tummy tuck. And I'm, I'm very blessed that I didn't go through like super mega hard complications. I think the only complication I went through was I had like dog ears on the side, but he fixed it. Like he saw and he was like, okay, we're gonna fix it. It's an easy fix. 
and we were able to revise it. So, yeah. Um, I know a lot of people have questions about tummy tucks. That's why I wanted to touch on it with you because your, your, yours is fairly recent. One of the things that I want to touch on, and you mentioned this too, is that your doctor said that you were a good candidate for it. And my doctor told me the same thing. And I had my, I had maintained my weight off for almost two years, but by the time I chose to get mine. And a lot of people ask me, did you get your tummy tuck and then lose the weight? Or did you lose the weight and then get the tummy tuck? And I think it's very important that we tell people that you should lose the weight first and then get the tummy tuck. I'm not saying don't get it. I encourage if you want it for you, you go get it. But I think it's important that we share that if you're going to go through this tummy tuck, you need to lose the weight and you need to establish those healthy habits first. Because one, you're going to get the best results. But also two, it guarantees that you're not going to go right back to your previous habits. And then you're going to gain the weight back. And then your tummy tuck will have been for nothing. You know what I mean? If you lose the weight and you build a healthy habit and you learn how to eat and you learn how to exercise, then after your tummy tuck, those results will stick with you. So I just wanted to make sure that I pointed that out because um, that's, I get that question all the time. Do you get any questions about your, like any repeated, repeated questions about your tummy tuck? Yes. And, and that's why, you know, I was a little nervous to proceed. Cause I was like, okay, like there's a few extra pounds that I want to lose, but my doctor deemed me a good candidate. I had already spent a year with minus the 100 pounds. Like I was in maintenance, right? right. A lot of that, like me losing those extra few pounds that I wanted to lose, like it, it had to do with maybe a lot of that stubborn fat that just existed in that area that has been on me for over 20 years. It right. feels Um, so scaling back to like losing the weight first, learning to maintain, knowing that you're, this is long-term, um, I think is a very healthy thing to do. Um, so like I said, I, I waited a year, you said you waited two years. And I think that's, that's a great thing. Um, I do get a lot of questions like, cause I am, I'm in the process of toning the number on the scale actually really hasn't moved a lot, but my measurements, my my lean mass isn't has increased versus my fat mass. Mm-hmm. So I'm in this completely new like step that doesn't have a focus on weight loss. It's a focus on building. Right. Um, so yeah, I do get those questions. Um, but I mean, I, I think we we all have our own personal story and journey. And yeah. that's what I've had to learn to accept is like, like. I don't have to share my life. We don't have to share our life on social media, but we do it because we're documenting for ourselves and people are just here along the way. And hopefully we help some in the process. Yeah. You, you just reminded me of something when you said we don't have to, because earlier, I think it was last week, um, I shared a non-scale victory that I went from a size 12 gene to a size 10 gene. And I stopped sharing my weight a long time ago. I don't tell people my weight. You don't need to know my weight because a lot of times when I would say I weigh this much, then somebody would reply back and say, well, I weigh the same, but how come I don't look like you? Right. And I think people need to realize that we all carry our weight differently. Our body composition are different. Our body, our fat versus muscle percentages are different. Um, So many different things go into what makes up your weight that two people who weigh 150 pounds can look completely different. Um, And so, but anyway, back to my non-scale victory, I posted about my gene size and then somebody, you know, I said, I was like, I'm not trying to glorify diet culture. I'm just celebrating a milestone here. And somebody replied and said, well, it makes me feel like shit when you post things like that, because then it makes me feel like I'm not working hard. And if it's not about the weight, then you shouldn't post it at all. And then we had a real honest conversation. And I was like, I understand. I was like, I'm sorry that my post triggered something in you and that it made you feel bad. I was like, that was not my intention at all. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, But at the end of the day, my Instagram is also to motivate myself and to hold myself accountable. And I should be able to post my milestones and my celebrations because they're for me. And I think people sometimes get too caught up in like, you know, we're content creators or influencers or or whatever. 
but we're still human and we still want to, you know, I guess, hold ourselves accountable. So I'm glad that you said that, that, um, that, you know, we should, we should post for ourselves that you don't, we don't have to share these things with our followers. We choose to. Um, so, yeah. No, I'm glad that you brought up not sharing your weight because I, I also stopped that after my tummy tuck, people don't really need to know because I'm tall. I'm five, seven. I mean, I think that's tall. Sometimes I say that and they're like, oh, you're not tall. I'm taller than the average female. And like you said, we all carry weight in different places. We can't control where we gain the weight in, what areas we lose it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot about me that like in areas that I carry weight that others don't, I just, we're all so different. So I think sharing the the number, I, I do share, sometimes share my body fat, but not even the specific number I'm sharing. Like I'm down 10% yeah, body. like the difference. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's what matters most and glorifying the number on the scale is that scales back to diet culture, weight loss culture, what society has placed value on in journeys, like the ones that we have. And that's why I said, like, I still want to post those things because I still want to motivate people, but I'll do it through like non-scale victories. I'll do it through, um, like pictures, like progress pictures, because the number really doesn't doesn't mean much like to me it's important that number is important because it's how I I'm able to track my progress and adjust like my macros or adjust my training or whatever but that's really what that number is for like I could weigh 240 but if I'm muscular 240 I'd be happy with 240 if I'm muscular and lean and tone you know like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. so and I think that's what matters right is like being happy with the body that you're in and yeah. learn accept and love yourself because you know if you grow up big there's a lot of similarities with us like you know maybe bullying and maybe like self like image issues like I I know for me personally I never had self-confidence I it took a lot for me to love myself the way that I do now and I think celebrating through non-scale victories and documenting our journey is a way to help ourselves to to essentially love every step of the way in the process so what's next what what fun project do you have coming up or what what uh what's you know the the thing that you're working towards right now right so I did something that I never thought I would ever do um and that is I'm going to compete in the transformation category for summer shredding in October which even saying that out loud is just wow (laughs) hold on I need to clap for you Because that is a big deal. Not, not a, like going through this process is a big deal, but also the vulnerability that comes with this process is a big deal. And that's why I wanted, that's why I asked. And that's why I wanted to celebrate you because this is amazing. It is the scariest thing I've ever, like, <laughs> my voice because you know what, like, like I said earlier, it's like you grow up a certain kind of way. You live your whole life a certain kind of way. You can never... I could never imagine myself being on a stage with a bunch of fit people in a bikini in high heels. Like that's just insane to me. And I, I think I chose the October one so that I can mentally prepare and, you know, prepare myself for the big day. So (laughs) I'm super excited, but I I think it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, I want to do it. And I love the category I'm in it's transformation because I'm super against like over restriction and not to say that the other categories are like super ultra restriction, but I think for me, for my first ever show, this is, this is the right choice because it's highlighting your transformation. So it makes me comfortable. And then who knows, maybe after I'll do the other um, categories when I'm ready. Yeah, no, I'm so excited. And and it's going to be here in Houston. So mm-hmm. I'll probably go and cheer you on. <laughs> Yeah, no, when I saw you announce that on Instagram, um, you should have seen me. I was smiling. I was like, yes, oh my God, yes. I love seeing, because I got to see some of the other girls that I know through Instagram do it last year too. And it was just, it was so cool to see them like 
put in the work day after day, putting their progress pictures, learning how to walk on the stage and on those heels and how to pose. Um, it's such a, it's such a cool journey to see other people do it. I've never done it. Not to say that I would never do it. I just, you know, it hasn't been like one of my priorities. Um, but I do love watching people do that because it's essentially it's a sport, you know, and like, just like we like to watch, you know, other types of sports, like competing in like bodybuilding or bikini or transformation, it's a sport of its own. And it's so cool to see. Yeah, I definitely, the, the people who went this last round, um, in 2020, like seeing them go through it was also so cool. And I think I mean, I've, I had already known about it, but I think that was the extra little, like, wow, I've been following these people like Poro, Alex Poro woke up like Des. I've been following for like a few years already. So like, I literally have seen them go through like a journey before they went on stage. And it's like, wow, these people that I've known for so long on Instagram went and did the thing. That is so amazing. So like definitely those two have a huge influence on like my decision. And then I met Poro in real life, Alex Poro, um, in Florida in March. And he was like, are you going to compete? You should compete. And I was like, no, (laughs) I like shut it down right away. But then after we had that conversation, I was like, wow, like he inspires me. And also he's telling me I should compete. And then later that, that, or like, all throughout March, I had other people DM me like, Hey, you should compete. And I was like, Whoa, is this a sign? Should I do this? And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Let me get behind my computer. And I did it. (laughs) I was like, let me just erase the fear and I'll just, I'll just do it. Yeah. Well, no. And I always say that we grow when we step out of our comfort zones. So no matter what the outcome of this competition is, you will have learned so much. You will have experienced so much. You will have met so many people through it that, you know, next year I'll be interviewing someone saying that they got to watch you compete in summer shredding, that you were one of their motivations to sign up. You know, you like, it's a ripple effect girl. So it's a big deal. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm (laughs) five more months, five and a half more months. And then it will happen. And you know what? It's my graduating semester for grad school. So I was a little nervous about that because I graduated in December, but I feel like, you know, it's my graduating semester. Let's, let's do this. It's, it's a way to also celebrate. Yeah. Plus you're young, you have no kids. Like if you're going to do it, like do it now, you know? Yeah. Um, do you have a coach through this? Or are you doing this on your own? Um, I currently have a personal trainer that I'm, I've been working with since October when I first started pers- or like strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been strength training and doing exercises like I'm doing now since October. Um, so I've been with him since then, and I want to stay with him until my year mark. But in addition to having a personal trainer, I think maybe in the summer, I will start looking for a coach um, that will help me with like show specific items. Um, So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now with the coaching and personal training. Yeah. And like, for those of you who don't know, uh, summer shredding or the summer shredding classic is this massive show that Christian Guzman and Alphalete puts together here in Houston. And they have different categories. They have like a bikini, they have transformation, they have, um, I don't know, they have so many different categories, but the transformation category specifically is so cool and motivating to see because these are people who have lost like large amounts of weight and have put in the work to have the physique and have the, the change in mindset and the lifestyle change that they do now. And that's my favorite category. I love seeing that one. Do you, do you have any like insights or any advice for anyone who is looking to start a a weight loss journey or anything like that? Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about, I know we talked a little bit about teacher stuff in the beginning, but um, as a teacher, as a student and someone who has their own business, art business, balancing is one of the toughest things it's there's a lot of time management that goes into all aspects of everything I have to do and also I know while not everyone is a full-time teacher or a student um, I know everyone has their own things going on right Um, 
and I think once you place uh, a heavy focus on bettering yourself, it's not, it's, you have to make the time for the things that you want. When I come home from work, do I want to lay down? Yes. Do I want to probably eat something after a long day? Yes. Um, sometimes I just want to chill, but then I remember I scale back to my why and I scale back to my vision and my goal and, you know, making myself a better person, a better version of myself than I was yesterday. And so I have to make the time. There's, there's some days where I really don't want to go to the gym or really don't want to work out, but scaling back to that why really, really helps me um, get myself out the door and go do the thing. Um, so I know a lot of people say I don't have time, but I'm a big believer in there's no such thing as I don't have time. It's that we don't make time and we make time for things that we find important. Um, and so once you place an, an, an importance um, on your health and fitness, I think from there, like making that time will naturally form into habit, which habits then form into long, sustainable lifestyle um, practices that you do. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, a, that's my closing thought. Make the time, um, get it done, remember your why, um, and those habits will eventually become your lifestyle. I'm glad you said that because I agree 100%. Um, when people ask, well, what's your motivation? Or they say, I wish I was motivated to get to the gym like you. And it's not about motivation. Just like you said, there are days when I come home from work and I would rather just lay on the couch and watch Netflix and eat a bowl of popcorn or something. But that's not going to get me any closer towards my goals. And I know that at the end of, of my, you know, sloth uh, hour there, I'm going to, I'm going to feel bad about it. I'm going to feel guilty that, you know, I'm going to say, man, I could have done this. I could have done that. And I don't like feeling guilty. I would, you know, I would rather feel uncomfortable than feel guilty. So I will make the time. I will choose to get up and go and do the things that I, that I don't want to do, but that I know will benefit me in the long run. And like you said, they become habit. Um, and I like, I love going to the gym, but as much as I love going to the gym, there are days where I just don't want to go. Like I don't have the energy, but I, I know that I'll feel better if I go. So I go. So it's all, like you said, it's about time management and discipline. And they're there, you know, you can see all the moms on Instagram too, moms who have like three, four kids and they're still making it happen too. So it doesn't matter whether you have kids or not, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter your income level. If you want it, if it's a priority for you, you will make it happen. And it's just a matter of you adjusting your your attitude and and making making it a priority. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for that for saying that. Um yeah. someone once told me um when I was in college, I wanted something really bad. I wanted a position on campus, which I ended up getting. But I told him, I was like, I really, really, really want this. And he told me, he said, if you want it, if you truly want it, you will get it. And he just like left the conversation. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and as I've gotten older, I know exactly what he means. That goes for anything in life. I tell my students that if you want something, you are going to get it because you are going to mentally and possibly physically put in that work to achieve that goal. Like the power of the mind is so strong. And that's the thing, because once you plant that seed in your mind, like it totally, it, it definitely pl plays into how and what you do from then on. It's like you plant this little seed in your mind and it's always there and it influences everything else you do. It influences the risks that you take. It influences your, your thoughts. Um, so yeah, do you have, do you, you, do you make vision boards? I've actually never made a vision board, but I do journal a lot. I do write down my goals for the week, for the month. Um, I've never done an actual vision board. Um, I feel like it's all up here. <laughs> um, so, I mean, maybe that'll be a project one day that I do. Uh, I think that'd be fun. No, I journaling is just as good. Cause I journal too. This is the first year that I actually made a, a vision board. Normally I journal too. Um, and I always journal out my goals and 
I don't do this on New Year's Eve because I think everybody wants to do like New Year's resolutions. And I, not that I'm anti New Year's resolutions. I just feel like if it's something that I really want, I shouldn't have to wait for the new year to like make a wish, you know, like whenever I decide that I want something, I will either write it down, like I will journal about it, or I will add it to my vision board. Because the act of taking it from my mind and transferring it onto paper or transferring onto a visual representation on my wall, it's like, it's like planting that seed. And then from that moment on, like I said, my mind, everything that I do influences my actions so that I can get that one thing. And just like you said, if you really, 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 really want it, you will get it. And I have found that to be true. Everything that I've wanted, if I write it down and I really work for it, I've gotten it. Yeah. Same. It's crazy what the mind could do. And then how, how cool that we get to share all this knowledge with like young minds in education. I love, I love being a teacher. I love, I love being able to like teach them art, right. And content specific things, but just like life stuff too. Like it's so possible to do things in life and you just, you just got to reach for it and grab it. And, you know, yours. well, you know, and that's the, the relationship building part of teaching that great teachers have. And I know we're not talking solely about teaching today or just teacher life, but I do want to say that those teachers who make connections with their kids, the teachers who build relationships, the kids, the teachers who talk to their kids about real life stuff, those are the teachers that the kids like. And I, I know that 100%. And the teachers who are just strict and mean and don't want to give up control, those are the teachers that the kids don't like. And so if I have any teachers listening right now, keep that in mind. I have lived it. I know it. I was a student and I was a teacher. I know what it's like. Um, And even now that I work in school leadership, I see it too from like the administrative perspective, the teachers that the kids love and that will do work for are those teachers who take the time to get to know their students as a human and not just like a number or a name on a roster. And that is one of the things that I work towards in schools now, like I have applied for so many different things like specialty groups in my school district because That is one of my passions when it comes to education is when teachers just look at kids as like a data point or a number on a roster. I hate that. So, but anyway, I will save that for another podcast. What fires me up about education? But um, yeah, no, I I love that you share this with your students and that that you're molding these young minds. Yes. Um, So before we close out, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you so that they can follow you and cheer you on? Yes, yeah, so I have my health and fitness Instagram at just dream page, P-A-I-G-E. Um, and I basically post all of my progress and my journey. I share my food. Uh, so you can find me there on Instagram. That's like my my main playground. On awesome. Social. And I'll make sure to link it in the podcast description for today's episode. So Paige, thank you once again for joining me today, for taking the time to uh, meet with me so we could record this episode. Thank you for having me. No problem. All right, guys. Bye. See you next week.